Hi, it's Betsy Beers again. Um, I'm the executive producer of Scandal. And as you guys hopefully know, if you're listening to this, this is Scandal Reveal, the official Scandal podcast. And with me today, I'm very, very excited, is Tom Verica. And Tom Verica is our directing producer, which means that he lives with us through the entire run of our series, directs many of our episodes, and um, he also helps the directors when they come on learn the style of the show and direct. So, hey, Tom. Hello. And I just, as is my tradition, I like mm-hmm. to tell you what people are wearing. And Tom today is wearing what I would Terry say. Terry cloth robe. A very- <laughs> Which is the way we like to roll yes. here at Shondaland. We just walk around in robes and slippers. Tom is wearing a very zesty pair of jeans, which are sort of cords, which are nice black cords, mm-hmm. and a plaid shirt and a sort of wonderful green V-neck sweater. And I am in my usual wardrobe of a wetsuit, a mask, and today I'm wearing a rain hat because the weather here in Los Angeles is not actually really good. So you started as an actor because... And a phenomenal actor, by the way, because we've actually cast you in the Mm -hmm. past, so I can say. Mm -hmm. And what was the transition like, do you think, between your um, acting role and becoming an auteur? It's probably been about 15 years now that I kind of started my journey. Eventually got the shot on a a series that I was on called American Dreams uh, and had been kind of pounding the producers to let me direct. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they were, you know, another actor who wants to direct, sure, we'll see, we'll see. But it wasn't until I did this short film that a buddy of mine had written um, that actually turned out quite well. And we got some good people involved and good response that they turned around and said, oh, okay, we'll give them a shot. But, uh, you know, I, I I had the fortune of working with two icons in, in Hollywood and uh, small parts in two pretty big films back to back and really saw that that was probably the most powerful experience I had working with Clint Eastwood in one film and then going right from him to David Fincher. Oh, my God. Which uh, you go from one guy who maybe does a second take (laughs) (laughs) to a guy who does at least 70 takes. But Fincher, you know, the first table read of of Zodiac was the film that that I had worked on. You know, it was a four-hour table read, the first script. What I learned from him is really how particular and specific he is about every aspect of filmmaking and I, I it was really fascinating to watch as a director I've already directed a couple things but still having just started out he looks at that frame <clears throat> like a painting and he obsesses about every aspect of that frame whereas uh, Clint and, and there's no knock on styles here he's very fluid and just very spontaneous mm-hmm. And allows things and imperfections to enter as part of that's we're capturing a real moment at that particular time. It was it was really cool to be able to have that experience because what I hear from my director friends is that they never get to see other directors direct. Really. That's interesting. So and that as you an actually, actor, it gave me that yeah. that insight that I that most directors don't get. Well, we do actually in at this company certainly is we have sort of a history of hiring actors who have mm-hmm. become directors partially for the very reasons you're talking about, which is it's great because if you love actors as we all do, what's terrific is you have somebody who knows what it's like to be in their shoes. And I'm going to say from our perspective, the other great thing is if you have a director who's an actor, you can you force him to act. I have to say in two occasions, Tom bailed us out big time once on Grey's because we had the role of this dude who had to stay awake when he has a heart attack. That's right. Mm-hmm. And it's really grisly. It's really phenomenal. And Tom, I think, who's really busy directing at this point, we, I think we called you and you, you, there was this moment of hesitation and there was no, you had no ability to say no. I, I was 
slated, I think, to come in and direct the episode immediately following that episode, and uh, you guys tag team me and just said, well, don't worry, you can do, do the next one or do, do two away. We'll just replace somebody else. But we want you to play this part. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> so what I learned was this is the character whose Denny's heart was originally yes, intended totally, for. Yes, totally, totally. You were like Denny Jr. Denny, exactly. Or, or Denny or Sr. Or something. But I do anything for you guys. Well, you know, you know and, and ditto, I have to say. Uh, ditto, we're, we're so... We were so incredibly excited and fortunate that actually Tom agreed to come do this job because the directing producer in a show like this is incredibly important. And what he does really is you give all the shows a consistency and a rhythm. You're available constantly for the actors Mm -hmm. to ask questions. You're sort of like, you're like the on-set coach in a Mm -hmm. way, you know, you're like, you're, 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 you have your hand in everything. But it's, it's this incredibly crucial, stabilizing factor. And your creative vision, pretty much visually you know, and emotionally, helps shape what the show is. And a lot of people don't know the job exists, I think. Uh, I, I got to uh, come here and direct an episode last season of The Trail, which is probably... Well, I'm probably most, most proud of that episode of any episode I've done. Oh, and if you guys remember, the trail is the episode, which is the flashback episode, when we see the campaign, and it's the beginning of the relationship between Olivia and Fitz. Right, and, and how the team came together. And how the team yeah. came together, and it's sort of, it's it's sort of the origins episode. You know, yeah, in, it is in a yeah. cool way, and that actually brings us to Defiance, which in a weird way is a perfect example of the kind of episode you do so well, which is. It's this amazing juggling act of all these different things going on, mm-hmm. but there's a stylistic consistency to it and this sort of urgency that runs through the kind of crazy-ass plot of yeah. the old guy with yeah. the chick. Yeah, it was, it was, I which, was concerned because it was pretty broad and, and pretty mixing broad. the two worlds of what's happening with our regular group. And uh, at the same point, you have this, you know, David is trying to convince James to investigate the election potential election fraud mm-hmm. and that is this incredibly intense specific highly technical yeah thing which is going on in one section you have Quinn who's pretty much tracked down what she thinks happened yeah. to her her power is, she's gaining her power yeah. and is confronting Huck mm-hmm. and you have just in the center of the entire thing one of the most horrifying tongues I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've seen that probably in the editing room, having worked it. Every time we always bring everyone there, in. There's, there's a, the there's, a, there is a moment in this episode, yeah. you guys, I'm sure you watched last night, where um, our, our, our gentleman who runs the company has married a young filly, and mm. he just goes right for it. Um, for a commercial break. And that was actually written in the script. Yes, it was. Chelsea Ross was the actor who, who portrayed that and, and, uh, and, and just dove right in, as he it did, were. He just went in. And I'm going to say there's a loving close-up yeah. that really that I really attribute and to Abby Tom. And and Harrison's reaction are priceless <laughs> it because is. it's what, it, what we're all feeling. Because my exactly. wife, when she first saw it, she was like, oh! <laughs> we kind of all, in the editing yeah. room with, with Matt and, and all the others, we'd come in and watch it. We were like, oh! <laughs> it was it was it was pretty pretty terrifying, yeah. but also that amazingly the continuation to me of one of the more upsetting storylines, which started last week, which is Harrison's betrayal of Abby yeah. in order to move up in the organization, and this sort of ongoing feeling that everyone is getting dirtier and everybody is 
throwing each other under the bus Mm -hmm. a little bit. This is, again, where this show works so well that it's different from others. It's so intertwines in a complex fashion of of where these arcs are going and how they're merging. The challenge was is the broadness of this particular storyline and then the the hunt of James and, and this very sort of 70s Washington thriller kind of thing uh, of wanting to get to the heart of what it yeah. is. Uh, and then, um, you know, what's happening with, with uh, Huck and Quinn as, as she kind of pursues what's happening. And then the David and Abby. I, I got to say with um, one of the scenes that I was concerned about most, which now turns out to be one of my favorite scenes, is the scene where the uh, older gentleman is dancing with his new bride and then uh, uh, Abby and Harrison end up dancing. And I was really concerned about how that was going to play and portray without feeling, God, I really don't want this to feel cheesy. And there's a moment, I th- Columbus kind of blew me away with everything in without a word spoken when she sort of says, and she's just kind of watching them, about, you know, uh, something, uh, and I can't forget the exact line, but something about you know, hey, you know, I'll, I'll be fine, or you, you get over it. And then there's a look that Columbus has when he's looking at her, and everything is in there, the guilt, the pain, the the, the conflict of, of doing mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that, you know, that he's kind of made a deal to do. Uh, and then he, you know, he does this very charming thing and sort of holds her holds her in, and the pain that they're both feeling in, in two completely different levels uh, really came off. I was so happy with how that came out. And, you know, there's also another moment that I love, uh, which... I cited, I think, with Columbus last week in this sort of weird preview moment, but there's the scene where they're in the car and she's checking her phone mm-hmm. and she's checking for David Rosen's messages. And he says, he looks over and you can see in his face mm-hmm. that he's making this decision. And he says, what? And I stopped and I remember watching that and thinking, what I love about that moment is you see him make the decision that he's going to do what he would do yeah. if he wasn't guilty, mm-hmm. which is ask the question, which is so heartbreaking but really brave yeah. in this really odd way because he could have ignored what she was doing and mm-hmm. just paid attention to something else. But it gives this incredibly poignant dynamic to that whole – it's literally some of my favorite car scenes yeah. of two people sitting in surveillance I've ever and seen. And to their relationship. I mean, it really, uh, it really takes their relationship to another level, which is – always been this sort of combative uh it just really kind of got to a point uh, of you know you feel these individual misfits that uh, are messed up in their own ways and the decisions that they make and having to live with those decisions exactly uh they they come out in in moments like that that is just uh, it's heartbreaking exactly and you know this there's a bit of an ending to this episode too i think with uh, Fitz being shot. With this Fitz being shot. Initially, it played on Olivia's reaction. She was hearing it in the back of a in the back of a, the limo. The difference between the two endings had it been Olivia kind of hearing it and just playing on her face, which is very powerful, but showing it the active way is when you go out. And when I first saw it cut that way, I had this oh. Sh- <laughs> oh, oh sugar plums. Oh sugar plum moment. <laughs> Um, the difference is the next morning when people go into work, if it was the first version, they'd be like, oh, can you believe it? Wow. You know, I can't wait to see what happened it's or what it was. intellectual as opposed to visceral. As opposed to the other one, which yeah. is going to be like, can you? I can't believe it. And then anyone else around in the workplace is going to be like, what's going on? i got to watch this show. It's that, it has that kind of reaction that I think will spill out uh, that people are going to be just kind of chaotic as to what the hell was that. Basically, I think what happened was that Shonda watched the cut, mm-hmm. and 
had the idea that because initially, as Tom said, it, it was right. It was, yeah, I, I, we execute the script uh, as it is. As and it, it was, is, it, it played on. And Shonda it. had the idea that it was much more visceral to see that part at the end of this episode. And she's as, absolutely right. So yeah. it became part of this episode. And look. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably love the president. I mean, yeah. and if you don't love the president and you feel, oh, I don't know, ambivalent about the fact the president's having an affair, all normal reactions, but you're still really compelled by Tony Goldwyn as Fitzgerald Grant. So mm-hmm. the idea of seeing this live is an amazingly emotional choice to make at yeah. the end of an episode that is absolutely and fully not about this. And what I love is the whole kind of idea of his birthday is buried Mm-hmm. Like it's buried throughout. There's that one dinner party, and they say happy birthday. And yeah. there's the scene where she says, "You can't always get what you want," mm-hmm. which then is there's that great callback to when he right before he right gets before out he gets out, of the, out yeah, the, it's the last he, thing he says, the yeah. last thing he says, which is terrific. Well, I, I think it is it is the genius of Shonda. Uh, quite frankly, it's just in times where I, I'm, I'll see uh, cuts go through their incarnations and restructuring, and it really is just always amazing how much clearer things can become and how much more uh, impactful they can become with just a couple little uh, tweaking here and there. But this is a pretty big one. This is uh, this is one backing this in, you know, we had, when we had shot this, I, uh, you know, we shot everything up to the limo and them getting out of the limo. And then the next episode picked up as soon as they stepped out of the limo. And, um, but having, uh, having that foresight into experimenting and seeing that and trying that, you do see, and in, in watching them kind of head to head, you really see the difference and how well uh, that works. One of the things I think I can say very honestly is you don't know who we will actually kill yeah. on this show. Like When you, you think something is happening. You do not yeah. know. And last season, you didn't think we were going to kill that dude. Yeah. Come on. You didn't mm-hmm. think you were going to kill that dude. And then Billy picks up those picks scissors. Picks up the scissors and right, th- right and in the neck. Yeah. Right in the neck. Yeah. And that's kind of something right there well it happens on it, it just turns on a dime and like you say i mean even being as close to the show as i am you know every script that i get that i think i know and oh i don't know where this is going it turns it completely on its head well and the you, good thing about your job is unlike the actors you know that you probably won't be killed yeah. see <laughs> <laughs> it's just true they all they all worry about that so i think um what's going to be amazing is next week because literally we are going to find out what the next step is in this. And mm-hmm. next week, actually, um, our next episode takes a little bit of a different detour. Yes, it's it the best yeah. way I can put it. Um, I think we'll have more insight as to exactly what happened and what transpired. But I, I think as many questions will that are answered probably will be asked yeah, at the well, yeah, end that's of exactly next right. week's episode. Yeah. This is, I was talking to someone the other day, and this series right now, the next two to three episodes, is like a terrifying, exhilarating roller coaster ride. Yeah. And I just have to say, if you're on the roller coaster right now, stay on the roller coaster because yep. it gets really good. And if you, you're new to this show... Please, please keep watching it because it is, it just is. Really it is amazing. like, you know, it really is amazing, <clears throat> all of us, when we read these scripts about how much is in each of these episodes that most shows will stretch over a season that I think we've already done like five seasons in just this season <laughs> with how many <laughs> <clears throat> these storylines that just that, that are just huge and what happens to these characters and the turns that they take. 
So you guys, what I'm hoping will happen is that you will continue to tune in. And the upcoming episode is called Happy Birthday, Mr. President, I think appropriately named, Mm -hmm. given that it is his birthday. It's a real treat. Thursday nights, 10 o'clock, ABC. I think Um, you won't be the first to see it because once it happens and once it lands and once everything goes with Twitter and everything out in social media, you're kind of behind it. So to not sort of take away from the surprise of what happens, of which there are many. Watch it live. Watch it live. Watch it live. Or, you know, you'll have to not read Facebook and Twitter. You'll be behind. You You don't want to be behind. And that will be really (laughs) depressing because you won't be able to keep up with all of our actors who will be actually tweeting live Mm -hmm. during the broadcast, which is what we do. And you could probably week. speak to them sooner if you That's, know, if you know what's going to happen. Instead of trying to catch up. Exactly. Exactly. So 10 o'clock, Thursday nights, ABC. Grey's Anatomy, 9 o'clock, ABC. And if you're hanging around on a Tuesday night, um, don't forget Private Practice, yes. 10 o'clock, ABC, Tuesday night. Uh, well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Um, This is Betsy Beers. I will be talking to you next week with another incredible special guest and member of the Scandal family. But until then, have a great week. And this is Scandal Revealed. Thank you very much. 